So we are studying the Bhagavad Gita. We are on the third chapter towards the very end. Arjuna asked this question that why is it, what is it that is within us makes us do um, wrong things? Uh, things which we, even if we do not want to do something wrong and yet we end up doing uh, things which are unethical or immoral. We cannot control ourselves. It is also the great obstacle to spiritual life. After all, what is it that prevents us from meditating peacefully? What is it that prevents us from doing unselfish work, doing work for the sake of others? What is it that prevents us from loving God? Um, so, and realizing ourselves as beyond body and mind, as the Atman. All the yogas had this one problem, this one obstacle. What is that? And um, Sri Krishna answers that it is desire. Notice that it is the same answer given by the Buddha. There is suffering in the world. That's the first noble truth. And the second noble truth is the cause of suffering is desire. Sri Krishna says, Kama esha krodha esha rajaguna samudbhava. Desire and anger. But basically desire because we saw that anger is nothing but frustrated desire. So desire, passion, lust, this is the uh, major fundamental obstruction. Now, in the conclusion of the third chapter, Sri Krishna is going to talk about the um, ways to deal with this. How does one overcome this great enemy of spiritual life? In the last few verses. So, we are going to do verse number 40. I think we are done up to verse 39 last time. Yes, verse number 40. The background to this uh, verse number 40 is this. So now that we have decided we are going to be spiritual, we have to overcome the problem of desire. Um, nothing wrong with desire as such, but because it controls us rather than we controlling it, because it's an obstruction to a peaceful life in the world and to spiritual realization. That is that is the problem with desire. So why? Uh, so how do you control desire? How do you? How does one overcome this enemy? Now. To overcome any enemy, to defeat any enemy, you must know where the enemy is. Uh, so when, for example, this beautiful city of New York was attacked and uh, finally you know, everybody wanted to know who attacked and they finally discovered that it was Bin Laden. Now it is like that. We are having serious problems in life. So we, Arjun asks this question, what is the source of this problem? Kama, desire. Now the next step is, where is this enemy Bin Laden hiding? You cannot defeat the enemy without finding out the enemy. So that took so many years and a long time later it was found out. He was hiding in some place in Pakistan and then only the uh, American forces were able to find him and kill the enemy. Exactly like this, we must find out where this enemy in spiritual life, where is it exactly? What is the base of this enemy? What is the hideout? And so that is what Krishna is going to say. Where is desire? Verse number 40. Indriyani mano buddhi asya dheshthana mujyate etair vimohayatyesha jnanam avritya dehinam The abode of the hideout of desire. The abode of desire is said to be the senses Indriyani, Manaha, mind, and Buddhi, intellect. In these, this desire, 
obscures knowledge and deludes the, the sentient being, the jiva. Dehinam means the one who is embodied, one who is in this body and mind, us. We are deluded, we are trapped by desire. Which, where does it have, where has desire hidden? Where is, it, where is the base of desire? The senses, the sensory system, the mind and the uh, buddhi. Now the first interesting observation here is, we normally think desire is something mental. Here Krishna says, no, no, no. Desire pervades the entire internal instrument. Internal intru- instrument, subtle body, sukshma sharira. There is one part of the sukshma sharira which is called antahkarana, inner instrument. So is there an outer instrument? Yes. The senses are called the outer instrument, bahirkarana. That means the instruments which are actually within us, but they contact the external world. So the eyes are in touch with external world. They can see the form. Ears are in touch with external world. They can hear sound. And similarly, sense of taste, sense of smell, sense of touch. They are in contact with the external world. So external, uh, the sense organs are in contact with the external world. That's why they are called external instruments. External means they are within us, but they contact the external world. But compared to that, the mind, our thoughts, our feelings, emotions, ideas, memory, they are internal. They are not directly in contact with the external world. The sense organs get information from the world outside and they present it to the mind. They present it to the mind and the intellect. They uh, store that information in the memory. But memory, mind, intellect, these are called inner instrument, antahkarana, not external. Because they are not directly in contact with the external world. So, Sri Krishna says, desire is not just in the uh, inner instrument, not just in the mind. It is there in the senses also. Our idea might be that the senses are innocent. They are just like a... Um, you know, like the lenses of a microscope or telescope, which are showing us what is there. Uh, senses are, are neutral, innocent. No, they are not. Desire is very much there. The senses have an autonomy, an autonomous intelligence to them. And desire stays, uh, has its location, has its base. The first base of desire is in the senses, in the sensory system. A lot of energy flows through this, these senses and uh, unless they are controlled and channelized, it's desire which will take over. I have mentioned this earlier. The um, American psychologist Jonathan Haidt, uh, H-A-I-D-T, his book, The Happiness Hypothesis, there he mentions, he, he takes up the problem of why is it so difficult to change? Why is it so difficult to, we know so many things, but why is it so difficult to do these things? The same problem which Duryodhana had, uh, that I know what is right, but I don't feel like doing it. I know what is wrong, but I can't stop myself. There's some power within me which forces me to do it. Janami dharmam nachame pravritti. Janami adharmam nachame nivritti. Kenapi devena hridisthitena yatha niyojito asmi tatha karomi. Some power. Not always. Sometimes I'm able to control myself, but sometimes not able to control myself. I do things, I say things or think things by the body, speech and mind, which later I regret, I know it is wrong. So what is that power? Even Arjun has the same problem. But remember, the big difference between Arjun and Duryodhana is Duryodhana is not interested in changing. He did not ask Krishna, so what can I do about it? But Arjuna is asking, this yoga and Vedanta which you are teaching me is all very good. 
but uh, uh, one big problem is even after knowing these things i really cannot do it so well so why what is the problem in this why is it difficult to lead a holy life a spiritual life um so jonathan hyde has taken up the same problem he says there is such a lot of literature nowadays self help literature you go to barnes and noble now you cannot go now because it's all pandemic but you will see whole shelves are full of self help literature seven highly uh, seven habits of highly effective people huh? and and here in the west if one book is successful immediately some sequels will be written so seven habits of highly effective people because it sold so much immediately eighth habit came out uh, but all these books are there uh, and they are helpful they are inspiring they are good but with so much information so much inspiration why aren't the lives of people changing I mean, if it's just a few of those books if we are able to implement them in our life our life would be totally different huh? but why is it so difficult so jonathan hyde took it up and uh, his answer i have discussed it earlier with you also his answer is exactly what sri krishna says that um, we are not totally in charge there is this by in the body mind system there is a certain degree of autonomy um, there is a certain amount of inertia certain amount of independence in our body mind system in the sensory system which go their own way the example very nice example he gave was the elephant and the rider the mahut uh, i have given this example also earlier so the mahut knows where he wants to go and he directs the elephant and the elephant will go take him there but if the elephant decides not to obey if the elephant sees a banana on the way and the elephant thinks i will like i want to eat those bananas and he goes that way um or as the americans would say that if the elephant goes bananas then then there's very little that the mahut can do very little that the rider can do because the elephant is much stronger there's no way that the rider can force the elephant to go uh, the way he wants to go similarly the case with us so the intellect the buddhi is very impressed when you go to um, seminar or webinar these days or uh, you know self improvement courses you pay hundreds of dollars and if it, and they promise you a wonderful life if you follow these things but the fine print is if you follow and the problem is if you follow means who will follow we decide the intellect is very impressed by these things and intellect decides these are all wonderful things i will get up early in the morning i will do meditation i will do yoga daily i will study something uh, warren buffet he he says in one place the in big investor um, so investment manager so he says in one place that the secret to his success is he reads 500 pages per day that means like two big books i think <laughs> uh, and it is 80% of his working hours are spent in reading and he says this is something that anybody he says anybody can do he says any of you can do this but then he adds very wise man he says i know you will not do it so why not we i feel i, I will be able to do all that so i make this program make this schedule i will follow this from tomorrow my life will be different yes if you follow it your life will be different but what happens next morning when your time first thing is to wake up early in the morning instead of 7 uh, o'clock you wake up at 5 o'clock suppose and the alarm goes off the buddhi says good time to get up the body says no did you ask me before making your big schedule uh, all the information big ideas from seminar and webinar and vedanta class 
all for buddhi body says i never signed up for it it is cold i am tired i am sleepy i would rather like to sleep here you go and do your yoga exercise tells the intellect i will sleep under in the bed now the body is like the elephant uh, not only the body emotions sense organs they like the elephant they do not respond to bright ideas the latest books best sellers on the um, barnes and nobles bookshelf or webinar seminars or vedanta classes no so the body has its own intelligence now they say for example the gut they say the gut has its own intelligence and there are certain parts of our body where there are concentrations of nerve endings so these sensory the sensory system has its own autonomy own intelligence just by the way what does height recommend then he says how does the elephant learn the mouth can learn by reading a book or reading the map the mouth knows where to go similarly buddhi can learn by attending seminars vedanta class and reading books gita class but how will the elephant be trained how will the elephant learn how will the body learn how can we bring the body the sensory system under control and that is possible only by training have you noticed how the elephant is trained not by giving lectures to the elephant and not by giving handout and downloads and uh, seminars to the elephant elephant is trained so the same thing has to be repeated and it becomes a habit similarly the sensory system has to be disciplined and trained it will come now so krishna says here now let us talk about self management this is the core idea of self management self management at the level of senses mind and intellect so the senses they have a certain tendencies inbuilt within them our genetic makeup itself so there are certain things that the eyes want to see they are designed in a like there is a certain tendency a certain inclination about seeing certain things it is because of the genetic makeup of our bodies it's because of our conditioning in this life and also conditioning in many lives samskaras in many lives so likes and dislikes start at the level of the senses themselves there are certain foods clearly tongue especially certain foods that we like to eat not that it's something very particularly great about that food because that same food at different times we may want to eat we may not want to eat different people have different tastes different uh, um, uh, places different cultures have different tastes also so it's not the food itself it is the conditioning the training in our sensory system um, uh, so also from past lives all of this makes the senses present things as nice nice attractive attractive once the sense is focused you're seeing something hearing something that you want to hear and e- equally there is some uh, resistance also things which we do not like dvesha raga dvesha at the level of senses this is the first important insight which krishna is giving here we think that desire is something in the mind no desire starts at the level of the senses um senses have very powerful uh, energies flowing through them and they have particular channels which um, are already made in each of our cases by our past conditioning our genetic makeup our uh, vasanas in this life and past life so the next level is at the mind so in this system the mind is like the like the inner instrument so all the senses they gather data from outside and they present it to the mind the mind has the job of 
collecting and coordinating this data, considering alternatives uh, and controlling the senses. Now, when the mind, the senses dump this information in the mind, I like, I like, I like, the mind then takes a decision, the mind then gets this uh, desire, I want, this is good, this comes at the level of the mind, uh, should I or should I not, uh, I sh uh, should, this kind of feeling that it's attraction, it is nice, uh, this comes at the level of the mind um, and the faculty of control is lost. The mind is supposed to control and coordinate the senses, but now what happens is, like a horse out of control, it drags the mind. The senses drag the mind. The mind is supposed to control. The senses now drag the mind, like a horse pulling the mind, uh, pulling the rider in a particular direction. That funny example of the man very seriously galloping through the village in his horse, and somebody asks him, Sir, where are you going in such a hurry and with such a serious expression? And the man looks back, shouting, I don't know, ask the horse. So the horse is taking away the man in some direction. Our senses are like that. Uh, eyes are pulling in one direction, uh, the tongue in a direction, ears and touch and smell, different directions. Whatever is attractive to the senses, the mind is being pulled in those directions and unable to control. So the mind is unable to control. That is at the level of the mind. Sank the definition is sankalpa vikalpa atmakam manaha. Mind is the one which considers pros and cons. Various options arise in the mind after taking information from the senses. Then the desire infects, so at the level of senses, attraction or repulsion. And uh, desire is the form of attraction, so let's stay with that attraction. At the level of senses, attraction, powerful attraction, habitual attraction. Um, then it comes to the level of the mind. What does this um, desire do at the level of the mind? The function of the mind is to control, that function is lost. It's, it overrides that function. And then it goes to the level of the intellect. The same desire, at, at the level of the intellect, buddhi. What does it do? The buddhi definition is nishchayatmika buddhi. Nishchayatmika antakkarana vritti buddhi. What does it mean? Intellect is that modification of the inner instrument which takes a decision, which gives clarity. Understanding, decision, all of that is at the level of buddhi. Nishchayatmika, definiteness. Now, in the case of this person where the sensory system is overriding, sensory system is completely flowing out uncontrolled way to the object of desire, uh, something to eat, see, watch, whatever, hear, um, and the mind has lost its faculty of control. Then what happens to the intellect? The intellect which has all this information, it becomes overpowered. It now joins. They say that if you can't, can't beat them, join them. If you can't beat them, join them. Yes. So the intellect now joins it. And the intellect says, yes, it's good. We should do it. We should do this. We should see that. We should touch this. We should eat that. Um, they say there is this psychology of addiction. Psychology of addiction. People who get addicted, drugs, drink, whatever, the senses are very powerful. They are habituated to uh, ingesting that, that particular drug. They want those sensations. And the mind has completely lost control over the senses. So, same desire. And what does the buddhi do? The buddhi which very well knows what is addiction, what, is, what are the bad consequences, and the financial problems, all these problems which are coming out of addiction, all these things that the buddhi knows, 
uh, is is it all uh, muted or somebody's um yeah there's some background noise coming we are unable we are able to unmute ourselves yeah so right so uh, i hope it, jayant will take a look if you find somebody not uh, muted you can mute yes ma'am yeah now the uh, in the case of the buddhi what happens is uh, the in the ca- in the case of the this addiction the sense organs um, they are pushing you toward the, the addict towards repeating that addictive behavior it drugs or uh, alcohol or whatever it is the mind has lost control and the intellect which understands all of this but the intellect is deluded he says vimohayati uh, it is deluded it's deluded the intellect is deluded deluded in what sense um the addict will say oh just one more time it is all right i am fully in control that one more time that the addict has repeated so many times maybe drugs or whatever it is but it, it genuinely feels no no i am not out of control i can control this they say that those who are uh, counselors and all they say that this is a sign of uh, addiction you the person actually thinks that i can the person actually thinks that i can control it but cannot control if you actually see the person's life the person cannot control the intellect is deluded vimohayati um all the information in the intellect is now not working has read the gita has attended seminars and self improvement read many many books purchased self help books uh, positive psychology so many things but not working um, sense organs overwhelmed by desire mind loses control intellect confused at the moment of decision intellect gets confused um yes this is number 40 then what should we do so 41 42 and 43 uh, sri krishna gives us um now that we have identified the enemy desire where is the enemy uh, in the level of senses at the level of mind at the level of intellect now what do we do at the level of senses mind and intellect 41 tasmatvam indriyanyado niyamya bharatarshabha papmanam prajahiyenam gyana vigyana nashanam therefore o mighty prince first control the senses giving up this wicked craving that destroys knowledge and realization tasmat therefore therefore means because this is the situation the desire exists at the level of senses desire exists at the level of mind and at the level of intellect now what do you do he says in again important insight by sri krishna sadhana starts from outward and then inwards he says first control the senses first bring the dis- uh, senses under discipline we often we, we may think so if the mind is pure then what does it matter what you are seeing or hearing internally if you are controlled externally one can uh, it, it's not so important what what one does no the secret of sadhana is though it is true ultimately it is all about the mind and about uh, your inner instrument what is inside that is the more important thing than what you do outside what one eats outside um, what one wears outside Uh, whether one shaves the head or keeps hair these are all external things 
they are not really connected to spirituality. But here is the great insight of Sri Krishna that um, sadhana must begin from the gross to the subtle, from the physical to the mental to the intellectual, from the external to the internal. And this is one insight. If you do not control the sensory system at first and we do not control the mind, uh, let the senses do what they want. I can see whatever I want, I can smell, taste, touch, whatever I want, eat whatever I want, whatever desire is coming, I can fulfill it. And at the level of mind, I, I do not exercise control. And then if I you say that only the thing is I am Atman, that's the important thing, at the level of intellect, I have understood that I am Brahman, I am Atman, it will not work. Then the result will be, one may have understood Vedanta, but result will be again and again, we will get into trouble and we will suffer and say that, why is this happening to me? I am unable to find peace, I am unable to find um, joy in life. So the starting has to be at the level of the senses. Tasmatvam Adav, beginning of spiritual life is, or beginning of sadhana is starting with a discipline of the senses. So the senses have to be brought under control, niyamya. Control means, um, we say this Lakshman Rekha. Lakshman Rekha is the, is the line which is drawn around. Beyond this you will not go. So my discipline is, what will I see, what will I not see? Uh, what will I hear, what will I not hear? Uh, what will I taste, what will I eat, what will I not eat? A discipline. Um, so there are so many interesting stories. So this is a, the, in, at the initial level of spiritual life, these things have to be there. This, this uh, external uh, protection. Sri Ramakrishna used to give a very nice example. When you plant a little sapling, you put a little fence around it. Otherwise, he says goats and cows will come and eat it. In, uh, on the roadside in India, if you plant some little saplings, you have to protect it. Otherwise, goats and cows will come and eat it. But when that tree, when it has grown into a big banyan tree, you don't need that, that fence. You can remove it and it's so strong, you can tie an elephant to it, Sri Ramakrishna says, nothing will happen. So similarly, at the beginning of spiritual life, a fence of some rules and regulations, some discipline, and this discipline of the senses is necessary. Um, I, I remember that, uh, so it is a rule when we join the order that, uh, you have to fast on um, the um, Ekadashi days. So it's a rule for one year or for three years, it's there. And after that, if those who want to follow, they can follow. But if you don't want to, that's all right. So all the novices, brahmacharis, we uh, would fast. Now the thing is, you don't know when the Ekadashi will be. So, so there are certain days like the birthdays of the disciples of Sri Ramakrishna, when there is in, in the main monastery, there will be nice food will be there, some extra uh, instead of just uh, rice, there will be also be like puri, you know, luchi, that will, that will be there, sweets will be there, so these things will be there, they are very attractive to young people. Um, one day what happened was, the Ekadashi was on the birthday of Swami Shivananda, and that day a lot of nice food is prepared. And uh, so, the brahmacharis, they went in a group to this uh, senior monk there and said, Swami, can we do the Ekadashi tomorrow? Today, we can we sort of postpone the Ekadashi? And he snapped, either do it today or don't do it at all. Now, the thing is, that is the thing. When a challenge comes, it's easy to follow the rule when there's no problem. When there's a challenge and there's a temptation, then can you follow the rule? Then that rule has a benefit. That is the control of the senses.
Um, Swami Bhuteshanji used to tell us that uh, the sadhus in Uttarakhand, they have a saying about food because they go for begging. So, you don't know what kind of food you will get. It could be good, it could be average or nothing, maybe some, day, some days nothing. So, there is a saying they have in Hindi among the sadhus. Um, kabhi ghi ghana to kabhi mutthi bhar chana aur kabhi wo bhi mana. So, kabhi ghi ghana, that means sometimes you get good food with ghi, that is delicious food in bhiksha. Sometimes nothing, just a, a handful of gram, mutthi bhar chana, so a handful of gram, that's all you get. Or sometimes nothing at all, or kabhi wo bhi mana. And you must be absolutely equal in all these three. So, that, that is again the control of the senses. Tasmatvam indriyanyadav niyamya bharatarshava. What do you do then? First fight this uh, enemy of desire at the level of the senses. Papmanam prajahiyenam. Give up this desire. He is calling it papmanam. Pap this is the one which is productive of sinful activity because of this desire at the level of senses. And it destroys jnana, vijnana, nashanam. It destroys knowledge and realization. So, what jnana and what is vijnana? Jnana is, Shastra, uh, Shankaracharya says, um, so, jnanam uh, shastrata acharyatascha. So, atma adinam avabodhaha. So, the knowledge that we get from the text and from the teacher that is jnana. So, we are stu studying the Bhagavad Gita with the teacher and what we understand from that, that is jnana. That is lost when the indriyas, when you know desire shines, the desire is in charge of the indriyas, and those things are, we, we lose sight of that. Vijnanam, he says, anubhava, realization of that, that realization will not happen. Though I am um, studying, I am trying to understand, trying to meditate and do my bhakti practices, all of these I am trying to do, but if once in a while I, I break the discipline of the senses, what will happen is that realization that these practices will deepen into realization. I will realize that I am not the body and mind, that realization will not flash. Or even if it does flash, he says, vijnana nashanam, even if it does flash, it will not be stable, it will be lost. Um, that is why this con constant control of the senses is necessary. Um, again, this example I have given earlier, one sadhu in Uttarakhand, um, a, a devotee came to him talking about he had a kidney transplant. And so, uh, the sadhu did not know much, much about modern medicine. So, he asked, so are you alright now? And the devotee said that yes, but I have to take these uh, medicines and uh, I have to follow strict diet and routine. So, this sadhu was surprised. He said, but you have already operation is done. You have got a new kid kidney. Now, why do you have to do these things? The devotee said, the doctor explained to me that if I do not do it, then what will happen is, the, the, my body will uh, not accept this kidney as part of the body. It will not be integrated in the system. It, the kidney will not start functioning, giving the benefit. And finally, the body itself will reject the kidney as a foreign body. Uh, you know, the immunity system will reject it as a foreign body and it will die. Whole thing will be a failure and even life threatening also. The sadhu was very ex excited. We were there. So, he was uh, telling us that, see, this is how ah, Mahatma Ji, this is the thing Mahatma Ji you have to do. In sadhana, when you understand certain things, 
when you have got certain amount of understanding of vedanta sadhana must increase so you the knowledge which you have got it has to be protected more meditation more japa more strict life devotion all these bhakti yoga um, dhyana yoga karma yoga all these things protection must be there for that knowledge otherwise what will happen is the knowledge will not be integrated into your life you will not be able to assimilate that knowledge then exactly like that new kidney then what will happen it will not give its benefit that the joy and peace you want from vedanta dukkha nivritti overcoming of suffering and ananda prapti attainment of bliss it will not come and finally what will happen that knowledge which will be isolated by the rest of the body mind system will be destroyed also just like that kidney will be rejected so to assimilate that knowledge to transform it into jivan mukti into realization which is stable in the language of bhagavad gita sthita pragya for getting that uh, one must do these uh, uh, disciplines especially control of the senses before i go into the 42nd verse which is most important shall we deal with uh, questions uh, any comments uh, yes maas there is one question in chat yes actually two um from ramya yeah if desire is primarily in the senses how come it gets transmitted from birth to birth with the sukshma sukshma sharira are yeah. senses in the stula sharira yes so senses are not fully in the stula sharira remember only the physical part of the senses are in the stula sharira the powers of the senses and the vasanas associated with them are definitely in the um, uh, sukshma sharira so they get transmitted from lifetime to lifetime as the physical body falls apart this this body goes the subtle body goes to other lives lives other bodies and it carries the vasanas and depending on the karma which is activated from lifetime to lifetime um uh, those uh, those vasanas those desires will again become active at the level of the senses i think rick is saying translate the sanskrit terms you are right um so somebody should flag it sanskrit i remember when i started these classes in hollywood there would be this gentleman who would sit an american gentleman sit at the back and uh, uh he would once in a while if i forgot to translate any sanskrit term he would raise his hand and say too much sanskrit too much. so i have to translate these things yes if there's anything that you don't follow please um, uh, just remind me to translate sukshma sharira subtle body stola sharira physical body so the question was if you are saying desire is at the uh, level of uh, desire is at the level of the senses so when the body dies when a person dies the physical body is obviously dead and so your eyes and um, uh, you know the auditory system the olfactory system they are all all dead they are phys- basically the body is destroyed so if the desire is there somehow encoded in them the desire also will go why should it go to the next life uh, no my answer was the senses function not only in the physical level but actually at the subtle level they are part of the subtle body these are powers of the subtle body and the conditioning is there at the level of the subtle body yeah yes uh namji uh, you are next yeah mrs swami ji in chapter 2 bhagwan says vashehi asendriyani tapragya pratishtisha yes so until we realize the ultimate the traces of desire will remain in our mind 
and without the control of our senses we cannot realize the ultimate so how do we get out of this like vicious circle yes very good question uh yes uh the question punam ji has, has raised is that in uh, the second chapter when arjuna asked about the nature of the enlightened person sthita pragya the one whose wisdom is is settled that's another term for jivan mukta free while living a fully enlightened being uh, krishna says uh, that one whose senses are under control that wisdom of that one becomes stable the realization of that one becomes stable now her question is that um, without control of the senses you cannot attain enlightenment um and without full enlightenment you cannot control the senses it leads to a vicious circle uh, how will you attain enlightenment without enlightenment full, full control of the senses is not possible and without uh, full control of the senses enlightenment is not possible uh, one interesting uh, answer here uh, this exact question is raised by ramanuj acharya the great master of vishishtadvaita vedanta in his bhagavad gita commentary he uses this he says this is a vicious circle exactly like she said it's a vicious circle that control of the senses is absolutely necessary for enlightenment and enlightenment is actually necessary for control of the senses for perfect control of the senses uh, then how do you get enlightenment at all and he says this is where bhakti is useful ramanuja's insight bhakti devotion to suppose devotion to krishna um, to to whichever deity is beloved to you the devotion there what happens is the uh, devotion is of the nature of desire this desire and devotion have the same force the same force which flows out towards the world and says i want th- these things i want to see this taste this touch that hear this smell that uh, so the desire which flows out energies which flows out through the senses that alone is uh, channelized towards god instead of i the same i want instead of i want the world it becomes i want god it is channelized towards um uh, god realization um now bhakti does that very well bhakti is of the nature of love so when one loves i love the lord that is that is my uh, uh, that is the pull of the heart then that same love which was flowing out towards the world as desire is now channeled towards god to, towards the form uh, and the name of the deity ishta devata the chosen ideal the chosen deity especially if you are in, in initiated into a mantra this is very useful so that's the path of uh, devotion so that uh, ramanuja takes that occasion to introduce the importance of devotion um one teacher of gyana of the advaita path in uttarakhand he says i think i read i did not hear it i i uh, read it um he was asked which is greater bhakti or gyana and he replied bhakti badi hai bhakti is greater so people were surprised that um, uh, how is this person this swami who is a great non dualist saying that bhakti is greater he said to if bhakti is greater then bhakti means devotion devotion is greater than what about knowledge and he immediately replied in knowledge there is no greater or lesser there is no higher or lower gyan mein badi bada chota nahi hota but then he explained later on what happens is 
this is at the, at the beginning in, in this level of sadhana spiritual practice at the level of spiritual practice what happens is this um, we may and i'm talking about advaita vedanta vedanta so we may study vedanta understand these things and we will see what is to be understood in the next verse itself um, but that is at the level of the intellect the intellect begins to understand and appreciate it. the clarity comes to the intellect but if the mind and the senses are not purified yet the desire still remains there and it pulls us continuously out towards the world and there all the problems will remain uh, desire and anger and greed these things uh, they rule maybe at the level of a sadhaka it may be very controlled it may be in the finer form but it's still there um, i remember this swami who was a very great a wonderful swami a great teacher of vedanta but uh, he had a hot temper and uh, he would lose his temper and yell at people and then somebody asked him but swami you are the atman why do you get angry and he said oh don't you know uh, i am the atman i am very clear about that this desire is at the level this anger is at the level of the mind i am a witness of that anger uh, you may say that you may even mean it but it's not a very good, good thing uh, it's not a very inspiring sight that sadhu uh, he said rota wa gyani kisko pasand hai the the gyani the, the man of knowledge uh, who is weeping weeping means um, you know i am troubled by desire or anger or greed this kind of a grumbling complaining unhappy gyani it's not an inspiring sight so the senses have to be controlled at the very beginning bhakti is very useful there um suppose you say but without bhakti is it not possible it, it is possible it's more difficult remember it's not really a vicious circle all it means is an effort has to be made for the control of the senses it's not that the senses cannot be controlled without perfect enlightenment everybody controls the senses all of us do to raise a family to hold on to a job uh, you must control your senses to some extent at least to complete your phd whatever it is to some to some extent a discipline is necessary and we do control from childhood onwards we are taught to control our senses if we do not control the senses let alone sadhana one cannot succeed in worldly life also okay this much um all right anybody else uh, there are two more um, yes shekhar next Namaskar, Swami ji. Namaskar. I have a different flavor of Poonam ji's question. Yes. Uh, Buddhi is the faculty that's responsible to control the senses. Hmm. Then uh, mind control. mind controls the senses. Buddhi takes the decision. Right. So Buddhi controls the mind, and mind controls the senses. Yes. Hmm. So ultimately, if my Buddhi is uh, weak, and that's why my senses are running. Yes. So is it like a fox guarding the hen house? Should yes. Should I be strengthening my Buddhi? Uh, yes you are right it's because the uh, lack of clarity in the buddhi but what krishna pointed out in verse number 41 is that um, the process has to begin by shutting the um, door before you take care of this so you don't you want continuously fox to enter every day into the hen house so at the level of the eyes and ears and so there must be a discipline at the sensory level stomach is upset Yes, I need to put medicine and diet to clear uh, to clear the stomach. But to do that, first of all, I need to control my intake. 
no amount of medicine uh, will work if I keep on stuffing myself. Similarly, no amount of um, clarity, meditation, uh, Vedantic thinking will work if I continuously engage myself in, um, you know, uh, in, in uh, sensory uh, addiction. That means continuously engaged in pursuing, say, pleasure, for example. There will be neither time nor knowledge, uh, neither time nor energy. And what we read and understand also will be quickly overpowered if the control is not there. So the control should start at the external, at the, at the uh, grossest level, at the physical level, starting with the senses, then mind and then buddhi. Yes, we can continue to study and think at the level of buddhi. That is what I started with at first, that we always think, and it is true, the real spirituality is internal. It should be at the level of buddhi and manas, mind and uh, intellect. That is very true, but it will not work until the, the gates of the city have been controlled. Yes. So does that mean is the mind autonomous uh, from uh, manas and buddhi? Ma- manas is mind. Right. So is uh, mind autonomous of uh, buddhi? Intellect, so mind, may- yes. So all of these are autonomous. They, as, as we discussed earlier, they have their uh, little degree of uh, autonomy. The senses themselves have an inbuilt intelligence to them. Uh, mind has its own autonomy, and the buddhi also, of course, definitely it is autonomous, and so they can they can pull in different directions, and we feel that we feel pulled. The nature of desire is this: I do not want to say I'm pulled by this cookie, and I know that I should not eat. It's it's of no use. It's just a level of the of the tongue which wants to have a nice taste. And so, I understand it's of no importance, it's, uh, it's not good for my health, so I will not eat. This is one pull, intellect is saying. And the tongue is saying, it's nice, I want it, and this pull is there. This is the nature of desire. This is the problem. Same person, at one level, we do not, we want to control it and we want to overcome it. We are very clear about it. At the other level, we want it also. I don't want to do it, and I want to do it together. This is the uh, this is the problem. Um, let me just hold on to the question. Let me enter into number forty-two. Most important. This is the key to the whole uh, method of overcoming desire. The central message of Sri uh, Krishna in this third chapter. Indriyani paranyahur, Indriyebhyah param mana, Manasastu para buddhi, Yo buddhi paratastu sa. So it is said that the senses are uh, superior. Uh, superior than the senses is the mind. Intellect is superior to the mind. Um, and beyond the intellect, the supreme is the self, the Atma. So, senses are superior. Superior to what? It has not been said. Superior to their objects, to the external objects. This word, the key word here is para. Para means superior. Superior in what sense? They are subtler, sukshma. They are inward, pratyak. And they are more powerful, um, higher. So, compared to the things which you see, hear, smell, taste, touch, compared to the cookie which I am going to eat, the sensory power of taste is superior to that. It is inward also, inward in what sense? Inner to me, closer to me 
the uh, witness, the, the consciousness. It is the senses are closer to me than the object of the senses. And uh, the senses are uh, superior in the sense that there is more uh, intelligence involved in that. The object is lower, inferior, outer, physical. In this 42nd verse, the entire wisdom of the Pancha Kosha Viveka has been put in there. Sri Krishna teaches the Pancha Kosha Viveka to Arjuna in 42nd verse. Pancha Kosha Viveka, the method of discernment of the five sheets. Five sheets, Pancha Kosha, the method of discernment. Discernment of what? Discernment of the self from the five layers of the human personality. This is you, this you find in the Taittiriya Upanishad. In the Taittiriya Upanishad, second chapter. The second chapter of the Taittiriya Upanishad is called Brahmananda Valli, the chapter on the bliss of Brahman. There, um, the method of this the discernment of the five sheets, Pancha Kosha Viveka, five sheet discernment method is, is taught. What is said there? That look at the human personality, look at what we consider ourselves to be. Take a look. First, most obviously, there is the physical body. So, here is this body, um, the entire physical body with its, um, um, you know, the organs and tissues and down to the cellular level. Inner to this is the vital body. So, the physical body is Annamaya Kosha, the sheath of, um, uh, uh, of food. Food means it's it's made of food. What we eat and drink that is converted into this physical body. And inner to this, para, para means inner. Inner to this is the vital body, the pranamaya kosha. Uh, vital body here means the physiological processes which keep this physical body alive. Breathing, digestion, uh, circulation, uh, the nervous system, all the activities together which we call life. Uh, so, these are processes. In fact, a doctor, of course the doctor must study anatomy, but the doctor actually studies the processes which are going on in the body. To cure a patient, to keep a patient alive, those processes must continue. So, the, the, this is called pranamaya kosha, the entire physiological processes in the human body, in, in any living body. It is inner. Inner in what sense? One must be careful here. The pranamaya kosha, that each sheath is inner to the other. It does not mean physically inner. If you physically go into this body, like a doctor may probe into it, you will only find uh, more body. Um, there will be flesh, uh, there is the skin. If you probe inside, you will find uh, the flesh and the, the fat and the um, blood vessels and the nervous system and the bones. Inside that, you will find the marrow. If you go down microscopically, you will find tissue and uh, uh, the cellular system, uh, intracellular structures. So, all the th things you will, you will find. Um, that is physically inside. But this is, um, this is in the sense of subtle means what is at a more, well I can only say subtler level, what is supporting this physical system that is closer to you psychologically, the pranic system. Even interior to that, para, higher than that, superior than that, interior than that is the mind. So, here comes the senses and the mind at the level of the pranamaya kosha, the vital sheath and the manomaya kosha, the sheath of the mind, there are the senses. Uh, the senses and the mind is the manomaya kosha, the sheath of the mind, where thinking is going on, feeling is going on. All information from the senses are collated 
and you get a uh, sensation of the world um directions for acting walking talking eating these are going on so mind inner to that finer than that higher than that is the uh, vigyanamaya kosha the buddhi the the the, the sheath of the intellect and beyond that we talk about the anandamaya kosha the sheath of bliss but sri krishna has given a simplified model here he has not gone into that and then beyond that is the atman beyond means subtler than that inner to that is the atman the self all of that is in the taittiriya upanishad um where uh, you find this entire panchakosha viveka the discernment method of discernment of five sheets but here sri krishna has just given a simpler model consider the world which is higher than that is the sensory system which krishna talked about the five senses and then higher than that higher means inner subtler than that uh, is the mind buddhi and manas and higher uh, subtler inner inner to that is the buddhi the intellect and higher than that subtler than that inner to that finally highest of all is the atman which is consciousness this structure he has set up this is beautifully explained in kathopanishad as the with the image of the chariot the image of the chariot so um yama explains to nachiketa yama the lord of death explains to nachiketa the little boy who asked the questions in the kathopanishad that consider this human system the body mind system to like a chariot and in the chariot the body is the chariot the senses are the horses the senses are there are five horses five powerful horses there are the senses and what what is the road on which these horses are running not a physical journey it is the road is the the sense objects and uh, they are running they are running towards seeing hearing smelling taste form sound and taste and smell and touch so those are the roads on which they are running and the horses are controlled by the reins the reins are the 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 ropes by which the horses are controlled the reins together are, it's it's called the mind manas senses are horses the, re, the mind is the reins and the reins are in the hands of the charioteer the driver who is the driver buddhi the intellect and then what are you you are neither the horses nor the reins nor even the driver you are the passenger so it's like uber huh you are sitting in there you are, you are the passenger in, inside and you are unconcerned with the functioning of the chariot but the chariot is meant for your purpose to take you on your spiritual journey and the spiritual journey is not from one place to another the spiritual journey is from ignorance to knowledge to yourself actually um um radhakrishnan dr radhakrishnan said the goal of the spiritual journey is to find ourselves <laughs> so that is the journey now the chariot example is meant to show exactly what krishna is saying here the horses have to be trained they have to be disciplined uh, he says when the horses are well trained and the rein is firmly controlled and controlled by the rein the mind is uh, Uh, mindful samanaska and the intellect pragyana one the intellect is full uh, very well read in vedanta and understood everything clarity is there then the chariot is so advanav param gachyati that means that it reaches the end of the spiritual journey otherwise the chariot comes to disaster 
so it will, the car will crash if the horses are not controlled one is rushing this way one is rushing that way they are not taking you where you want to go if the reins are loose what is loose rein what is the meaning of that the mind is not mindful nowadays mindfulness is a big big thing uh, exactly that word mindfulness is used in the kathopanishad samanaska literally means mindful focus uh, attention concentration the mind has to be focused and concentrated able to bring the senses under control and at the level of intellect there must be understanding of vedanta um, pragyanavan wisdom must be there here it is being applied to vedanta but just think about it anything that you want to do in life you want to earn a lot of money you want to make it big on broadway you want to become a professor at columbia university or harvard all of them they require the senses to be controlled mind to be mindful focus concentration and the intellect to be full with the wisdom which is necessary for taking you to that goal here of course it means enlightenment the highest goal and this will lead to realization of the self the the passenger in the chariot so here you see indriyani paranyaho the senses are said to be superior to their objects not object not mentioned here indriyabhya parambana the mind is superior to the senses superior means inner um, in control finer and superior to the mind is the intellect the buddhi and superior to the buddhi that means beyond the buddhi innermost is you the self which is consciousness i think this is what i wanted to say yes let's quickly look at the questions girish yes this is girish um can you hear me yes i can hear you yeah. um i i have a basic question that i'm confused about is that uh, going by vivekananda's uh, uh poem about uh, which ends in none escape the law yeah the law of karma Uh, if karma is deterministic yes um, what is its role in the control of the senses if karma is deterministic it trumps free will and you need free will to to be able to actually control the senses i yes i'm glad you raised this question i was supposed to mention free will but uh, i'd forgotten about it um the very idea that from tasmat tvam indriyani adu niyamya bharatarshab Uh, in the 41st verse krishna says at the very beginning control or discipline the senses here itself he introduces the concept of free will so without free will to bring the con- senses under control control means a discipline this i will see this i will not see this i will eat this i will not eat and so on it requires free will to use the mind to focus think about this and not about that not let the mind scatter be attentive it requires free will and uh, to uh, clarity at the level of intellect of course so free will is there doesn't karma override it no it does not karma is more like it gives us two things one is the the conditioning of past so certain tendencies certain forces which have been called prakriti here by krishna very powerful um we flow according to our prakriti this was discussed earlier so that conditioning has been created by our past karma notice there we have created what we are today is a result of what we have done in past lives 
So, but at this time it seems deterministic because they are very powerful. They force us along certain grooves of uh, action, desire and thought, feeling also. Uh, but there also, they just are powerful, but we have this window of opportunity. At the most subtle level, desires, thoughts, they float up from our subconscious mind due to our past conditioning into the level of our, our conscious mind. And as they come up, I like this, I want that, I need this. That coming up, we have no control over. That's coming from our uh, past conditioning. But at that moment, we have control. That's where Sri Krishna is saying, catch hold of that moment and control. Control means see whether what is coming up, those impulses, should we let them run free? Should we express them? So one idea is that whatever is coming up, it is due to a misunderstanding of, of Freudian psychology in the early 20th century. Whatever is bubbling up, desires and impulses from the subconscious mind, express it. If you don't express it, it will lead to repression. Uh, it will lead to suppression and it will lead to problems in your day-to-day -day life. What Sri Krishna is saying is, when they are the weakest, when these impulses come up, then if you have a high goal in life, spiritual goal of course, but even something else you want to do in life, you will automatically see whether these, if I um, eat that, if I drink that, if I uh, do say these things, will it be a, take me towards my goal or away from it? and skillfully replace positive thinking, uh, positive words and positive actions, re um, use those, uh, replace the negative ones with those. So that, that opportunity is always there, that exercise of free will. Why it is so difficult is, if we miss that window of opportunity, and they are discussed in the Patanjali Yoga Sutras, it is a very small window of opportunity, where uh, if you catch it, thought, desire is still weak. If you nip it in the bud, and replace it with positive, not all of them, the ones which are negative, you replace them, uh, you can change your life. But if you do not do that, and our default setting is, we are not even aware of what's bubbling up. By the time it's already at the level of the mind, conscious thought, uh, then it's difficult to control. Especially if there are ingrained patterns of behavior, of addiction, of desire, of anger, of uh, negativity, depression. So, uh, that dominates the mind, then that is expressed in speech and that is expressed in action. So we have, uh, yeah, yeah, we have it's always a, possible to find a window of opportunity that to exercise we, free will over karma. Yes, the window of according to Sri Krishna, according to Vedanta, the window of yoga also, window of uh, opportunity that that gap is always there. Moment to moment, you have the power of taking a decision. The power of taking a decision is we may fail and the mind tricks us into thinking that, see, you tried, it didn't work. Uh, it is for very disciplined people, not for you. You are a failure. But no, that power has not gone away. Again, the next moment the power is there. The window of opportunity is there every moment to moment to moment. It's just that we miss that window. By the time we are already nourishing that thought, it has become strong. Then it's very difficult to overcome. You may use willpower to overcome it once. You may you will fail the next two times. Now it is easier said than done. There is a lot of discussion on this. Um, meditation for example, what does it do? Calming the mind, focusing the mind, that samanaska, mindfulness, it slows down these mental processes, makes it calm, so that the window of opportunity becomes visible to us. 
otherwise what happens in day to day life is first of all we are not introspective we are too busy and we immediately snap into the mode of desire or anger or retribution uh, he said something to me i lash back by saying this um, by the time it's too late it's very difficult the real, the real reason is not the lack of knowledge it it is that samanaska uh, that mindfulness is lacking so the opportunity to exercise free will has passed yes um all this but it's a good point all this is predicated upon the existence of free will this would make no sense at all if we did not have that much free will to make a beginning in this path um i have given this example earlier also the yogi's mind and the worldly person's mind i i told you about this experience i had in um in gangotri where i would sit on the bank of the ganga this was in uh, august i think so after the rainy season lot of um, a lot of rain water there and muddy water so one sadhu sat next to me and told me look at this river uh, the ganga that bhagirathi there uh, it is this is the difference between a yogi's mind and a worldly person's mind what is the difference it is four things first if you come in winter you will see the same river in a different form it's mostly chunks of ice now you see there is a lot of water at that time there will be less most of it is frozen similarly in a worldly person's mind lot of restlessness thoughts emotions desires coming and going changing whereas a yogi's mind only the deliberately selected ones are there so it's much calmer then uh, he says look at this water it's turbulent it's muddy actually at that time it's full of uh, landslides are there so the water is brownish but he says if you come in uh, winter he says he said in hindi chavanni bhi gira denge to you can see you can throw a, a coin into the river the water is so clear like glass if you look down there's a wooden bridge if you look down from the bridge you can read up the denomination of the coin also it's so clear he says the worldly mind is turbulent and full of uh, impurity whereas the yogi's mind is clear tra- uh, transparent third he said the worldly mind is dangerous this is this river is rushing with so much water if you step into it you'll be swept away actually somebody had been killed the earlier day uh, similarly the uh, mind of the worldly person turbulent suddenly something comes up bursts into anger into depression commits suicide terrible it can make you do anything and then you regret it later the the very uh, of course if you commit suicide you did not much chance of regretting it later but uh, if you uh, see the very fact that we feel guilty and we regret certain things why did i do that why did i say that why did i even think that it shows that our mind is not under control uh, sometimes we do things which later the same mind regrets it so that is the mind of the worldly person and he says when you come uh, to in winter if you see the mind uh, if you see this river it is there's so little water you can easily walk across it uh, you can go enter into the river and walk across to the other shore it is not at all dangerous to you similarly yogi's mind is not dangerous and the fourth one he said was this water you cannot drink yourself you cannot offer to anybody he said ye khara hai that means it's uh, full of sediment at that time but he says you come in winter you take the water it is um, sweet and cool and pleasing you can drink it yourself and you can give it to others also similarly 
the mind the worldly mind it gives you no peace and people around you also will not be in peace because of you <laughs> of the worldly mind but the yogi's mind when you have a yogi a yogi's mind it gives you peace and it radiates peace all around you this i have seen in in um, senior monks advanced spiritual seekers there's so much at peace and joy and serenity and you you catch it also when you are in their company okay let me just read the last one evam buddhe param buddhva sangstabhyatmanam atmana jahi shatrum mahabaho kamarupam durasadam thus knowing the self as superior to the intellect and becoming established in the self established in self means i am brahman from this attitude with this paradigm conquer desire which is very difficult to comprehend the ways of desire are very difficult to comprehend i think whole of freudian psychoanalysis is in this phrase kama roopam durasadam incomprehensible nature of desire but that can be overcome when you realize yourself as the self and from that perspective you deal with the uh, sensory mental and intellect system what it means we will investigate it a little further next time before we move on to chapter 4 any last comment rick said that uh, is asking which of the koshas does the subtle body which reincarnates include so the koshas the only the annamaya kosha physical body is destroyed uh, at uh, death and uh, the pranamaya kosha manomaya kosha vigyanamaya kosha and the anandamaya kosha all of these are uh, they they are part of the causal body and subtle body which transmigrate to other other lives atman is of course from an advaitic perspective is all pervading brahman um yes uh nurse there was a question from rodrigo uh, can the transmigrating self without a physical body learn on in between state uh, are the physical indriyas absolutely necessary for learning in between state <coughs> i guess so because uh, it depends on what that in between state is there are some in between states which are um brutish that means animalish where free will is not possible this is one big difference between animals and uh, human beings spiritual life is possible for us because that degree of free will that window of opportunity is there for us it's not there for for animals uh, they they cannot exercise that uh, that that freedom degree of freedom is not there um that's the, that also holds for in between states from death to rebirth depending on which loka we are lucky or unlike unlucky enough to be in spiritual practice may or may not be possible is it called emotional intelligence it's not emotional intelligence though emotional intelligence is a modern way of putting it it's um, um it is a sign of self mastery actually so emotional intelligence you know it has become daniel Go- goldman popularized the term so eq the term of uh, emotional quotient emotional intelligence it includes uh, one of the central features of emotional intelligence is impulse control so the senses want something immediately i will do it are you able to control it at that level that's one of the components five components one component is that one
let's uh, stop here and we will pick it up. I, I will uh, send you the links for the Patanjali Yoga Sutra class which is going to start next week. Those who are interested you can attend and we will meet again. Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Tat Sat Shri Ram Krishna Rupa Namastu.